Welcome to the Simple Faith Podcast, exploring authentic Christianity for normal people. My name is Dave Betts, and together with my wife, Shereya, we're going to explore all the things that make our faith what it is. From looking at the big picture of the Bible to exploring the tough questions that might be getting in the way of your relationship with God. We're not going to use unnecessarily churchy language, and we're not pretending that we have all the answers. And the best bit? We'll never take more than 30 minutes of your time each week. We want to keep it simple and hopefully have some fun along the way. Thanks for joining us. Have you ever wondered if you are called to something by God? Maybe you know what that calling is, but you're wondering about the next steps. Well, that's what we're going to talk about on today's episode. Welcome back to the Simple Faith Podcast. Today, we are talking about calling. And this is a pretty big topic because I think a lot of us have wrestled with what we are called to by God or if we're called to something by God. And so we are going to talk about that today. But before we do that, we want to go back to a question that we had last week that we didn't get to. So this is the question. The term Christian is often generalized and at times seen as negative in the world. So do you refer to yourself as a Christian, disciple of Christ, or Christ follower? So basically they're asking in a world where the word Christian is often seen as negative, how do you refer to yourself? What would you say, Dave? Uh, it's, a, it's a good question. I think sometimes the term Christian is generalized and at times it is seen as negative, but I don't know if how we describe ourselves is going to change that connotation. I would say personally, when I'm talking to people, it depends on context and it might be the same for you. If I'm talking to people who are part of my church or have been Christians for a long time, I might describe myself as a believer or a follower of Jesus. I kind of use those interchangeably. I might talk about believers and non-believers. And sometimes sometimes we've talked about pre-believers as people that don't know Jesus yet. But I think if I was talking to my family who aren't Christians, I would describe myself as a Christian because that's easier to understand. That's the challenge though, isn't it? I think if you, if you want to change someone's mind on something, you're not going to do it by changing the name. You're going to do it by changing actions. So my encouragement to you would be describe yourself as a Christian and show people that you are different. I think that's the best thing that you can do. Live in a way that honors Jesus. And that will be the best way for you to redeem that word Christian and give it the connotation that it's really supposed to have. I think that's, that's what I would say. What would you say, Sharia? Yeah, I think I would, I would agree with that. And it has a lot to do with context for me. I think a lot of the times when I'm talking to non-Christians, I'll probably say I'm a Christian. And then I don't know if they ask further into that. Like sometimes people ask about denominations or, or whatever. Um, I might just say, I believe in the God of the Bible. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I hope that answers your question. Thank you for asking. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to send them to us. Remember, we can't guarantee that we will give you the right answer, but we will give you our best answer. And this is one of those things where this is our opinion and uh, hopefully it's helpful to you. And if not, well, God bless you. And we hope that you come to a conclusion in light of this that is helpful for you. Now let's talk about calling. Now, remember last week we talked about that Instagram poll that we took where 71% of people felt that God had called them to something specific. And 56% of those people worried about their calling. So this is obviously a big deal. And we're going to talk about it in the next section.
Okay, so last week we talked all about identity and we just feel that it's so vital to understand as Christians our identity in Christ in order to understand our calling. But the question is, what is calling? Now that's a broad and vague term, so we need to make sure that we're all on the same page before we move forward. So what is a calling? Let's describe a calling this way, Sharia. I'm thinking we could describe it as a God-given defining purpose or role in life. A God-given defining purpose or role in life. So if that's our definition of calling, what has what your experience of calling been, Sharia? My experience of calling has been one of being very unsure. I think. Um, I don't think that I have necessarily felt a specific calling on my life as far as that role or a job or, or vocation, I guess you could call it. And I really struggled with that for a while, especially I remember when we were engaged and I was wondering like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do with my life? Obviously, other than get married to you, because that was going to be great, <laughs> obviously. But obviously, <laughs> like, what was I supposed to do for a job? I don't know, like, where were we supposed to live? Where are we supposed to go? Things like that. And I think I really struggled with, you know, whether to go back to school or whether not to. I didn't really feel necessarily like there was something specific that I felt called to study or to go um, into a field for. So I was really confused, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, that was a, an interesting time for us as a couple trying to figure out what, what life looked like you know, just before we got married. And, and my experience of calling has been totally different to that. So, you know, if we took a look at that poll, 71% who felt a calling and the 29% who didn't, Sheree would be the, the 29%. And I was part of the 71%. You see, when I was in Singapore at Bible school, I was the music guy. I, I, just, wanted to, I just wanted to do music and creative arts. And that was all I was interested in. And I remember praying with one of the leaders there. And while he was praying for me, I heard an audible voice. And I just knew it was from God. And the voice said, I want you to lead a church. That was ground shakingly real to me because I'd never, I'd never given any thought to that. And then I felt like God said, but be patient. Not yet. And so for me, that was huge. It was a pivotal moment. And other people have experienced moments like that, but some people haven't, haven't experienced those kinds of things. And that was my calling that directed my calling for now the last six years and kind of working towards that still now, that's part of our calling. And we also had a similar call to, to plant a church about two years ago. It wasn't an audible voice from God. It was people speaking in powerful and amazing ways. I remember we went to this big like Christian camp thing and um, we were wondering if God might be calling us to Red Deer. There wasn't anything direct. It was just a sense. Then I remember Shreya saying to me, do you think we're too young to plant a church? And, and I kind of thought, yeah, we probably are. And we went to the tent and um, there's like 3000 people there and someone gets up on stage and says, I, I feel like God has told me I have to share this. You know, I was 28 when I planted a church. And let me tell you, I was too old. Why? Because God was calling me at 26 and I ignored him for two years. Now, if you're in this room and you're wondering if you're too young to start a church, you're not. If God is calling you now, you're ready now. And we were blown away. And then there was a few other things that happened as well. So you see, there was there's three different experiences there. There was one where 
there isn't a sense of defined calling. Two, where there's like an audible voice of God. And then three, there was subtle nudges and then confirmations. And uh, there's more stories that could go with that. Maybe that's a story for another day. You know, the, uh, calling is a weird thing. Here's what some people said on our Instagram poll. I am called to my special disabled daughter. I'm committed to being her personal life manager. I just love that. Someone else said, I feel called to start a mum's group in my church. Someone else, I feel called to work with kids and to mentor teens and young adults. I feel called to follow Jesus, to be a good husband and dad, to start and lead a church. I feel called to see those that are unseen. I feel called to lead worship. I feel called to be a great neighbour. We feel called to our local church. There's a broad range of things there. So what does that tell us? That tells us that our calling is a God-given defining purpose or role in life and that it is broad. A.W. Tozer, who's like a classic old school author who wrote The Pursuit of God. It's amazing. He uses some kind of old school language, but let's look at this together. He says, let every man abide in the calling wherein he is called and his work will be as sacred as the work of the ministry. It's not what a man does that determines whether his work is sacred or secular. It's why he does it. The motive is everything. So in other words, if you are working where God has called you to be because he has called you to be there, it doesn't matter if it's a church or an oil patch or a law firm or a grocery store. It can all be just as valuable to the kingdom of God. That's what we need to recognize when it comes to calling. A calling is broad. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're called to go into full-time church work. It could be any kind of work. And if you feel that God has called you there, well, then that's, that's fantastic. The motive, as A.W. Tozer says, is everything. Okay, here is the million-dollar question. How can you definitively tell whether you are actually called by God to something? It's not like, like a magic envelope flies down a chimney or chases you down or like to the, the Isles of Scotland. It's not like that. So how does that work? My experience was more of kind of like a Moses burning bush moment, but Shreya's wasn't. I mean, some of our friends, they would say that they felt called to where they are after trying to push doors open and find those new opportunities. And then those doors not really opening up. Others would say that they've never felt called to something specific. And that can feel really hard. Sometimes the terminology is really unhelpful for calling. There is a reality that we need to talk about because you know, our friends who kind of found their opportunity after trying to push doors, they've prayed into that. They were praying for a calling. And it was almost by not finding a calling that they realized that God was really calling them to where they were in the first place. Now, here's where the word calling is unhelpful. It is not like God tells every single one of us exactly what we should be doing at every given moment. There's a reason God gives us brains. He, he wants us to use them and to make good choices. But firstly, before we talk about calling anymore, we have to recognize that as Christians, we are all called to something. You are called to something. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing right now, you are called to something. And we, we often substitute our calling with what we want to do, but it's more than that. Listen to this. The Great Commission in Matthew 28 says this, Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. And remember, 
I'm with you always to the end of the age. And then, of course, there's the greatest commandments or what the CSB calls the primary commands in Matthew 22. And it says this, you might have heard this before. Teacher, which command in the law is the greatest? He said to them, this is Jesus, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. Did you catch those things? You have a calling. Your calling is to fulfill the Great Commission, to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that God has commanded us. Your calling is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Your calling is to love your neighbor as yourself. Pete Scazzaro, I hate saying that, Pete Scazzaro, there we go, got it. He, in The Emotionally Healthy Leader says this, every Christian has the same primary calling or vocation. We are called to Jesus, by Jesus, and for Jesus. Our first call is to love him with our whole being and to love our neighbors as ourselves. That's a big deal. You have a calling. Your call is to love people, to love God, and to make disciples of all nations. So don't ever feel like you don't have a specific calling to something because this is a crucial calling. Everything you do, whether you're in the grocery store, whether you are working in a shoe shop or in a bowling alley or an oil patch, it doesn't matter. You have a calling to love God, to love people, and to make disciples. I think um, Francis Chan you know, says it really well in, in his book, Letters to the Church. And he says this, our calling is simply to put him on display and watch as he draws people to himself. If they're not interested in him, what do we think we're accomplishing by trying to lure them by other means? Francis Chan is primarily talking about church leaders there, isn't he? But it's so true. Our calling is like you said, Sheree, it's to put him on display to watch as Jesus draws people to himself. Isn't that an amazing quote? That's an awesome quote. Thanks for reading that. When we were at Bible school, there was a, a certain Bible passage we heard an awful lot. And it was Colossians 3, 23 to 24. I think it was uh, Phil Rutan, the president of the Bible college's favorite Bible verse. And it says this, whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord. You serve the Lord Christ. In other words, your calling is to love God, love people, make disciples, and to do everything for the Lord and not for people. Yeah, and I think that this just, I don't know, like for me, this just takes a lot of pressure off of, you know, those questions like, what am I supposed to do for a career? Or... I don't know, is there something specific that I'm supposed to be doing with my day every day? And, and I think it's, you know, in every moment, just, just to examine your own heart and, and whether it's, it's lined up with, with God. And if you're seeking him and, and wanting to know him more, then I think that's when you align with his will as you get closer to God. Mm. Yeah, so true. And I think there's still a challenge here though, isn't there? Because yes, you have a calling. And I want to implore you, we want to encourage you that you do have a calling. 
whatever you're, wherever you're at, you have a calling, but some people feel specifically called to something while others don't. And that feels hard. You know, we will always promise that we want to recognize the challenges in that. That feels unfair and it feels tough. So in the next section, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how we can go about finding specific callings. In preparation for this episode, which we've been thinking about for quite a while, I read this book called Consider Your Calling by Gordon T. Smith. And he offers some really crucial and pivotal questions each of us need to consider and engage in order to figure out what God might be calling us to. We're going to work through each one of those, but first, here's the list. What on earth is God doing? Who are you? What is your stage of life? What are your life circumstances? What is the cross you will have to bear? And what are you afraid of? Now we're going to go through each of those. I just want to make a quick aside to say that if you can't keep up with these, if you're listening to this in the car and you're thinking, hang on, I can't remember all of that in one go. I can't take notes right now. Head to simplefaithpodcast.com. You can get the show notes there. Uh, There's also links to that book, uh, Consider Your Calling by Gordon T. Smith. It's really helpful. It's very short, super helpful, highly recommended. So let's go through those questions. What on earth is God doing? That's the first question. So he recommends that the first thing we do is look to see what God is doing, because ultimately, Our role is to join in with God's mission, right? It's not about us. And we have to remember that as Christians, it's God that calls us and it's for his purposes. A call isn't something that we just decide that we really enjoy. It's not a hobby. It's a calling from God. So we have to remember that we are being called by God to be part of his mission and for his purposes. I think that's a really great question to ask because I know for myself, it can be so easy to get caught up in, you know, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Like what? you know, focus on my life and my day and not really see the big picture of actually what is God doing and and where is he working and where does he, he want to, you know, change people's hearts and, and change lives. The next question after asking what on earth is God doing is who are you? And the author makes a real profound statement here. He says, the who am I question rests on a profound theological principle. It's this, that God's call on our lives is consistent with who God made us to be. Who has God made you to be? Who has he made us to be? I don't know. What, what's the answer? <laughs> there is, that's a tough one. That's not an answer that you can be told by your friends. That's something that you need to figure out. Who's, who has God made you to be? You know, uh, I love like nerdy stuff. You know, I was really excited this week that I got to, figure out some sound desk stuff ready for streaming on Sunday at our church. Now, most people couldn't care less about that, but that's exciting to me. There's something about that that I enjoy. Well, God has made me that way. Yeah. I think this kind of goes back to the identity topic that we talked about last time. And and at its foundation, we know that our identity is in Christ. So that's firm and we know that we're loved and we have worth. And then we also know that God gives us, you know, specific gifts and things that we have passion for in life and 
different abilities and things like that. And, and that all has to do with who we are and, and who God has made us to be. So what on earth is God doing? Who are you? Have you given thought to those questions? Once you've thought about those, ask the question, what is your stage of life? Now, this is kind of obvious. If you're a child, your calling is going to look very different to a 60-year-old, probably. If you're a student, it's not going to look the same as someone in their 40s or 50s. Your stage of life will direct your calling. The next question is kind of similarly obvious. It's what are your life circumstances? Well, you know, are you single or are you married? Are you, uh, have you bought a house or are you free to travel whenever you need to travel? Are you in education still or are you in a full-time job? Those things will affect your calling. I think another good thing to look at when you think about your stage of life is who are you interacting with? Like who are the people that you see every day? Um, Who's at your work? Who's at your school? You know, if our calling is to share Jesus with others, then that's going to be a a big part of maybe where God is specifically calling you, maybe specifically calling you to talk to those people. Mm. Yeah, very good. And the, the next question, and this is a big one. Are you ready? What is the cross that you will have to bear? So we often think, like I said, of callings as essentially hobbies or the things that we enjoy. But listen to this. Your calling might lead you to the suffering, to the struggles, and to the hardships of this world. Are you prepared to go where God calls you no matter what? Now, I can tell you, for me personally, up until about 2014, my prayer was, I'll go wherever you lead me, but I think in brackets. I, would, I didn't say it, but I thought it. It was as long as I can keep my job at this church. And I think God ripped that away from me because I was proud and selfish. For you, Your calling might be tough. Your calling might be to be a missionary in unreached people groups in the deepest parts of South America or Africa. Your calling might be hard. For us, financially, our cross to bear is that we will likely never be wealthy. Well, that's a a choice that we made because we feel God is calling us to serve the church. And we're okay with that. Sometimes, Sometimes it's really stinking hard, but it all falls short in comparison to knowing that we are serving Jesus where he has called us to be. And that's so worth it. I think the thing that often I need to remind myself of when thinking about, you know, yeah, the, the, Jesus says that we, we aren't going to have it easy just because we follow him. That Actually, it's going to be quite hard at times. But I just think of that, that verse, and I, I should know where, where it is, where it says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And man, like if that isn't the hardest calling ever, and yet Jesus did it because he saw the the bigger reward, the big picture of of what that was going to achieve and, and like had joy in that, like that's amazing. So I feel like if, if Jesus can go to the cross and have joy, like I can, you know, give up some things in this life and, and have joy because I know that I'm doing it for, for God and for his kingdom. Mm. Yeah, that's great. The final question is, what are you afraid of? So what causes fear in your life? You know, Jesus calls us not to worry in Luke 11. Tells us not to be anxious about anything. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't be anxious about anything, but with prayer and petition and thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. But worry and fear are realities in most of our lives. So the question is this, is fear hindering you 
from the calling that God has given you? So those are the questions. If you ask yourself these kind of diagnostic questions, they can be really helpful. What on earth is God doing? Who are you? What is your stage of life? What are your life circumstances? What is the cross you'll have to bear? What you're afraid of? That will give you a really good indicator of perhaps what God is calling you to. So those are the diagnostic questions. Ask those questions of yourself. Have a real hard conversation with yourself. And that will set the foundation to to maybe see where God is potentially calling you specifically. Did you notice that nowhere there did the author mention skill sets? He didn't ask about what you were talented at or good at or gifted in. I, I guess it kind of comes up in the who am I bit, but, but not really. But think about it though. Abraham and Moses and Gideon and David and Peter and, and so many other people in the Bible were used by God, even though their outward appearance and their abilities didn't gel with what God was calling them to. Could it be? that God would use you regardless of your skill set and your abilities and your outward appearance. That's really important. Having said that, unless you are totally and utterly convinced beyond all doubt that God has called you to something just like these people in the Bible were, seek confirmation from the godly people in your life. This is hugely, hugely important. I want to be clear, it is not a prerequisite to finding your calling. The opinions of men are not prerequisites for your calling from God, but it can be really helpful when trusted godly people in your life help discern that calling, figure out that calling with you. That's really important. So with all those things in mind, the next step is simple. Pray. Ask God for wisdom. Ask him to reveal that calling to you. Ask him to give you those kind of Holy Spirit nudges. Ask him for people who can speak into your life and to help guide you and direct you. Ask for divine coincidences to appear and help you figure out that calling. And you know what? If that doesn't come, that's okay. Why? Because like we talked about, you already have a calling. You already have a calling. So ask those diagnostic questions. Recognize that it's not about your skill set. Although a skill set is helpful, it's not about those things. If God has called you, he has called you. And remember, unless you are totally and utterly convinced, ask for confirmation from the godly people in your life. And that, we think, is how you go about finding your calling. Before we started recording this episode, we asked you for questions around calling. We want to answer one of them in particular because we think it was really helpful. The question was, can your calling change? I think it can. I mean, obviously, like we talked about, you know, there's there's callings that, that don't change, like, you know, love God and love people and, and, you know, share Jesus with people. But like life circumstances change, you know, where you are changes, jobs change. And I think that your calling can change with that. Yeah, absolutely. And that is a simple answer, but it's much more complex in reality, isn't it? So let's conclude. When we're talking about calling, we want to define a calling as a God-given defining purpose or role in life. We think calling is vital. We all have the same calling. 
you have the same calling, which is to love God, love people and make disciples. And yet God also gives us specific calling sometimes. We looked at Gordon T. Smith's book, Consider Your Calling, where he gave us a number of diagnostic questions to find our calling, which was what on earth is God doing? Who are you? What is your stage of life? What are your life circumstances? What is the cross you have to bear? And what are you afraid of? And remember to seek confirmation from godly people in your life. With that all said, I pledged to Sharia that I would set up the game for this week. You did. But I got distracted and I did a competition on Instagram instead. And it has been brilliant. Yeah, it's been really good. You guys have done really well at this. Here is the competition. The competition is describe your faith with a movie or TV show title. And can I just say, you are in with a chance of winning a $15 or the equivalent value in your country, Starbucks gift card and a public shout out on a future episode. Uh, all you had to, all they had to, you have to do is screenshot this from Instagram, simple faith podcast uh, on Instagram and then share your answers. So you have until the 17th of June. So by the time this comes out, you have, I think three days or so 17th of June, 2020. Can you describe your faith with a movie or TV show? It can be funny. It doesn't have to be true. It can just be a really funny answer. And we want to hear your answers on Instagram at Simple Faith Podcast. Remember, you can get the show notes from simplefaithpodcast.com. Please do rate and subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast. It, it means that it gets sent to your podcast thingy every week, which is great. Lastly, please consider sharing this with people. We would love to get the word of, out about this podcast because we want to reach as many people as possible. And we want we want this to be a blessing to people and we just want, we want to connect with people. So if, if you are on board, if you are an avid listener for 10 episodes, is it 10 episodes? Crazy, 10 already. Is it 10? Wow. If you've been an avid listener and you think someone else could benefit from this, please do share it with them. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. So that is it from the Simple Faith Podcast this week. I've been Dave Betts. And I've been Sharia Betts. <laughs> that sounds so lame. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.